If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 7. Luke 7, verse 36 to 39. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Luke. I am your father. (laughs) All right. Luke 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house. This is talking about Jesus. And sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair on her head, her bundles, everybody. (laughs) And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Lord, we say that you're worthy of it all. God, we also say thank you. For what? For being the God who still saves sinners. Amen. I love Mexican food. Me too. Me too. I love Mexican foods. Nacho, fajita, elote, chili con carne. I mean, I love Mexican food. The churros. I'll punch a small animal for churros. And not feel bad about it either. Tacos. What type of tacos do I like? Tacos al pastor. Because I'm a pastor. (laughs) 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 I'm corny. It's okay. But I love it. Sopa beers. I I love it. Someone's like, that sounds like Tex-Mex. No one asked you. But I like Mexican food. I like it so much. I like to go to Mexico. What's so funny? God was going to laugh at me, but I will have this dream as a desire, as a plan that before I party with Jesus, that I want to go to every Caribbean island out there, right? I want to go to every Caribbean island. Why do I keep going to Mexico? Because I like Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I love it. It makes me happy as I'm talking to you right now. I'm actually in Mexico in my mind. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying I love Mexican food, but sometimes you don't have time to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat Mexican food. And sometimes there's no food truck around, like they're closed or they're no be fine. It's fine. So you know what I do? I go to Chipotle. Don't judge me. Only God's my judge. I walk on this side. I'm fiending for Mexican food. I can't go to Mexico. I can't, there's no restaurant or anything like that. I don't have time for that. So I go to Chipotle. It's so funny because, you know, I step in, I start to assess the situation, right? Like who's going to be the nicest? Who's going to be the most generous? So I flash a smile. And if they flash a smile back, I'm like, yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to serve me. But then if they flash no smile, let someone else get in front of me. And so I get someone else that's nice. I'm always wrong. No, it's fine. So I'm like, okay, can I get a burrito bowl, please? So, okay, cool. I'm like, chicken, burrito bowl, all right? Um, brown rice, just a little bit of brown rice. They gave me like half a scoop. Okay, I'm not, I'm not mad. Okay, can I get some fajitas in there? 
all right, some chicken. They give me half a scoop. No, no, no. Can I get more chicken? That'll be extra. No, you didn't give me my full scoop. You didn't give me my full scoop. I want my full scoop, please. All right, moving on. Can I, can I get some salsa? The medium salsa, the mild salsa. Yes, I want both. Yes, that's correct. Can I get some corn? Y'all like the corn from Chipotle? Hitten, 100% all the time. Can I get extra corn? Extra corn, please? Why you gotta be so stingy? Can I get some lettuce? I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. But a little bit of sour cream. A little sour cream. And then, can I get some vinaigrette, please? Do y'all know about the vinaigrette in Chipotle bowl? Oh, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. It is so good, but the entire time, I'm like getting upset with how they're serving me. Like, dude, who hurt you? Like, why do you have to be so stingy? This is not even your restaurant. Like, stop it. Conversely, have you ever been to Chipotle where, I don't know if they're about to quit tomorrow. I don't know if they just don't give a rip, but they are just giving you these big scoops. Like, you want rice? You want brown rice? You want white rice? Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Like, they give you extra protein and everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. By the time it's all said and done, like, your bowl is this large. I tell you, oh, my gosh, in college, I almost cried. My God, this is so large. This is so big. Like, this is not just good for one meal. This is good for two or three. Like, God, you haven't forgotten about me. Just rejoicing, happy because I got a little bit of extra. I love it. You know, it's so funny. The other day, I actually went to Panera, uh, Columbia. I went to Panera and I um, just minded my business and someone saw me and it's like, oh my gosh, Pastor Zod, let me buy you some food. I said, no, 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 it's, please, please don't. Just go ahead and do whatever it is you're doing. They're like, no, 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 I insist. Let me buy you food. And the second time, I'm like, if this person asks me a third time, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> they asked me a third time. I said, oh, okay now. So I walk up to the front to the cashier. I was like, what can I get you? I said, one of everything. And they say, wait, what? I said, I'm kidding. But this person, they brought me lunch. And they said, do you want coffee or anything? I'm like, no, you just got me lunch. They're like, no, I insist. I'm getting lunch. And they said, I'm like, is there anything else you want? I'm like, what? Anything else? They said, let me get you a cookie. Let me get you the kitchen sink cookie. You know about the kitchen sink cookie in Panera? I'm educating y'all today. They got me the kitchen sink cookie. I'm like, what in the world? There are nice people in this world. It was so good. I love receiving not just something good, but something extra. We all love to receive something extra. It's called a bonus. Who doesn't like a bonus? If you don't like it, just <laughs> I'm a worthy recipient here. It's called a free meal. It's called going to the store, buying something that was already on discount. And then you go to the front and they say that there's an additional discount. Boy! I come out like, babe, I got it all for free. He's like, for free? I said, yeah. I mean, I paid a little bit for it, but it was triple discounted. I just love to receive extra. I love it. We all love to receive extra. Giving extra. Now, that's something different. No, I want to receive. I receive in Jesus' name. No, no. We love to receive extra, but giving extra is something different. Question for you. If you worked at Chipotle and Jesus himself was in your line, is your life giving him a scoop, a full scoop, a half a scoop? Are you giving him the extra chicken? Or are you stingy with it? Are you complaining with it? Are you serving him, but just not really? 
mad that he keeps asking for more things and more things and more things. And I can say, first of all, some of you right now, it's like, wait, we're talking about giving. Where's this going? I'll tell you where it's going. Like, Zai, my, my life is too busy. I can't give God extra right now. I have too much going on. Like, I'm just trying to drink water. I'm trying to wear my sunscreen. I'm trying to love these kids, pay these bills. Like, it's already a lot. And I get it. My life is pretty congested, too. I have three kids. I have a husband that always has a lot going on, everybody. A lot going on. We're pastoring a church, a growing church. There's staff. There's a lot of stuff. And then there's family. And there's, you know, extended stuff. And there's someone that's sick. There's someone that's going through this. It's a lot. On top of that, we have not one, but we have two doodles. Why do we have two doodles? And I'm disciplined, relatively disciplined, but I have my deficiencies. Do you know God knows our deficiencies? Do you know he knows how we structure our lives currently? But guess what? His standard doesn't change. He still holds us to a standard. What is that standard? It's found in Mark 12, verse 30. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Ouch. That's a lot. All your mind, all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, that's a lot. What is that? But that's a life of worship. Meaning everything that I do, All that I am, everything that I do, it's worship unto the Lord. And what is worship? Worship is not just about singing. If it is, like, you all be disqualified because you can't sing. I'll be with you because I can't sing either. I'm not talking about singing. That's one part of worship. It's not the totality of it. Worship means to exalt something to prioritize it, to be abandoned in it, to esteem it before anything else, to sacrifice for it. Why? Because you think it's worthy. The first time we hear the word worship, it's actually found in Genesis 22, talking about Abraham that's about to sacrifice his son, Isaac, his only son, the son of promise. And he tells his servant, he said, hey, I'm going to go to the mountain, son and I, Isaac, we're going to go worship God. And we will come back together. Worship and sacrifice, they go hand in hand. You cannot say that you worship God and not sacrifice for him. I cannot say that I worship God and not sacrifice for him. The woman in our opening text, the young saints may say she was given a little extra. She was doing the most. She heard Jesus was at a religious person's home, so she came through. And she brings an alabaster jar full of perfume, expensive perfume. I feel like now there's this whole perfume movement. You have the baka, baka ru, baka, baka me, baka we, baka rot, baka rot. You got it. You have the Tom Ford. You have all these different things that cost a lot of money. It's cool. I think $100 is a lot for a perfume. This woman... She brought an alabaster jar full of perfume that was worth not a month's pay, but worth a whole year's wages. Can you imagine having something that was worth $60,000 and just bringing it up to Jesus and breaking it and anointing him? Why? The Bible says this. Oh, it's so good. 
The text says, and she stood at his feet, and she began to wash his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair, and she kissed his feet, and she anointed them with oil. You know, every word of the Bible is intentional, right? There's so much detail about what she did, not so much who she was. The Bible notes in Mark and also in Matthew, these women that anointed Jesus, but many scholars believe that this woman was someone different. Who was she? What's her life story? What would cause her to want to take this alabaster flask full of this expensive perfume and break it out on Jesus? Simple. She thought he was worthy enough. What is God worthy of in our lives? What is he worthy of? Ask yourself that. If we were to look at our resources, including our finances, our time, our relationships, our talents, could he tell how much we esteem him? Could he tell how much we worship him? Do we love him with all of our heart? Not a half scoop of our heart. All of our hearts. All of our mind. All of our strength. And our neighbor as ourselves. Y'all, this is hard. If I were to be honest, again, I said I'm not speaking from a place of having arrived, but sometimes I am giving half scoops to the Lord. If I look at how I patterned my life, how I patterned, it's just, it's not, it's not giving what it's supposed to give. That's what they say, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be hip. But what about you? Do a diagnosis on your life right now. How much do you love God? How much do you worship him? Can your life, would it speak to it? This woman, she gave it all. She broke it all because she thought God was worthy. Why? We're going to unpack it a little bit. And I think we're going to get some truths that's going to help us. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Mom brain is real. Mom brain is real. Some of you may know what mom brain is. Some of you have no idea. Let me educate you. Mom brain is just this fancy word phenomenon for just moms who forget everything. What do you forget? I just said everything. You forget the names of your kids. You forget, what you, <laughs> you forget where your keys are. You forget where you put your phone. You forget what you said 10 minutes ago. Like you just forget because there's so much that's going through your mind. It's so funny. I was looking into this. There's actually a European study done that they can tell a woman that just gave birth by the pattern of her, her brain, like her brain scan. She had decreased gray matter. And I was like, what? This is crazy. I'm freeing some moms right there. You're not crazy all the way. Mom brain is real. I'm fine though. You don't have to be a mom to have a case of forgetfulness. I think a lot of us forget. We forget who we were. The Bible says this in Luke 7, verse 47. I tell you, her sins, this is Jesus speaking, and they are many. Why does Jesus have to have so much shade? Why can't you just say she just had many like sins? I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. The text calls this woman a sinner. The Pharisee calls this woman a sinner. Jesus just said that she had many sins. Do you think she knew? I don't think she ever forgot. 
I don't think she ever forgot. I think one of the major reasons why we don't live our lives poured out, why we give small scoops to God, why we sometimes don't serve him at all, it's because we've forgotten. We've forgotten who we were. We've forgotten what's been done for us. Don't judge me. I know there's some judgmental people in here, but it's okay. I'll keep, I'll keep preaching the gospel. But have you ever received a gift and then looked it up to see how much it costs? Me neither. <laughs> I've never done that. But let's just say that I received this um, sweater. Received the sweater like years back. And so it was just this gray sweater and just had the paint marks on it. It just had paint marks on it. I was like, wait, what? It just looked so random. I'm like, what is this? So I put it in the back of my closet and kept it moving. Like a couple of months later, probably a, a year later, I was cleaning out my closet and I saw this jacket, I um, saw this sweater and I'm like, wait, what is this? So I looked it up. Y'all, it was worth hundreds of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. So I'm like, wait a minute. It now became my favorite sweater. I started to put it on like, ow, check out my sweater. I was so smitten. I had no idea how much it cost. I didn't even know the person who gave me liked me like that. Has someone ever given you a gift that costs a lot of money? And then you're thinking, dang, now I got to get you something nice too. <laughs> Matt, our salvation costs God something. He put such a high value on our lives that he bankrupted heaven for us, everybody. He gave not one of many sons. He gave his only begotten son for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can live free, so we can live a life more abundantly. And not just that, y'all. He says, as far as the east is from the west, he's removed all of our transgressions. Come on, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. He has forgiven all of our sins, every single one of them, somebody. He's healed all of our diseases. That's the God that we have. But it cost him something. It cost him the blood of his son. You know, I, 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 I think that there are two types of people in this room. There are those that get it. Like, you know that you're a sinner. You're tickled pink right now that you're a church. A part of you is like... <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know how I got here either. <laughs> like, you're just, like, you're kind of smirking right now. Like, wait, am I really a church? And I was a survey? I, I don't know. I don't get it, but I know God is just doing something. Like, you're smitten. Like, you just can't believe it. And there's some of you, you don't know. You don't know how bad you were. How bad you are. It's just vibes. And I get it. We've all been there. But for me, I'm from the former. Y'all, I can't believe that I'm saved. I cannot believe that God saved me. If you knew my story, if you knew UBC, if you knew how bad I was. You know, Paul talks about being the chief of sinners. He had asked me. I can't believe it. And not just that, but like, he 
wanting to commit suicide. Hopeless. Seeing tragedy after tragedy, abuse so much, y'all. And so responding as if he didn't care. Responding as if he didn't see me. Mad at him. So mad at him. With all those emotions, he still saved me. And not just save me, everybody. I get to be on this platform talking to his precious people. I cannot believe that God saved me. And guess what? I don't ever want to get over it. I want to be so sensitive to it. I pray until the day I go to party with him, like, God, you saved me. And because of that, because I know how much I was a sinner, because of that, I try to live my life out, pour it out. I believe the woman had the same thing. Some of you, you're so stingy with your lives. Some of us, we're so stingy. Have you forgotten how bad you were? I think we all have those moments. We forgot. You forgot that you were in the club turning it up. Almost. I mean. (laughs) But God. Someone say, but God. But God. He saved you. So how are you going to act? How are you going to act? If God really saved you from that lifestyle, if God really saved you, rescued you, if God really gave you joy, if God really did what he did, how will you act? What's your reasonable act of worship onto him? I think this woman, she remembered. The second thing that this woman did, hallelujah. Number two, sorry, is remember what you have. Remember what you have. I'm not sure if you can relate, but life can be exhausting, isn't it? I think some of you, like you feel kind of convicted right now in this room and I'm with you and all of that. And it's just like, ah, I know I should be giving God full scoops. I know I should be giving him extra chicken and steak and everything else. I know, I know, I know, but my life is so jam-packed. You don't know my life. Like there's so much and you wake up overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do and you go to sleep overwhelmed by all the things that you didn't do. I think that there's a subconscious, dare I say, demonic spirit of lack that we suffer from. And I have to say demonic because that's not from God. It's not because my Bible and your Bible says this. It says in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for our godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything that we need for a godly life. Everything is everything. Hashtag Lauren Hill. (laughs) Everything means everything. He's given you everything that you need for life and for godliness. Sometimes I feel like God is just stretching me, that he's asking more of me. And I'm like, right now, God, I don't have it. Have you been there? I'm like, I I know, but right now I have nothing to give. And you know what I do? I put my hands on myself. I start to pray and anoint myself. I said, God, you know what? Your divine power has given me everything that I need for life and for godliness. I put my hand over my belly or I put my hand over my mind. And I said, God, the same power that raised Christ up that third day, it lives inside of me. So God, I thank you that I have access to wisdom. I thank you that I have access to strength. I thank you that I have access to creativity. I thank you that I have access to favor. I thank you. 
I thank you for what I have access to. Why? Because we're actually spiritual beings having a natural experience. So is it possible that there is more that we have access to in the spiritual realm? And some of us are so concerned and all we can see here is the natural. But when you take the moment to really take God's word for himself, you realize that there's more that you have in every given situation. The Bible says in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Why would he say that? Because many times we're tempted to think that we don't have enough. A lot of the times we're tempted to think that we don't have enough. And you know what's so interesting? I believe God likes to expose that part of our lives. And he's like, no, no, no. I've given you more than you need. I've given you everything that you need for life and for godliness. So I don't know if he's humorous. I don't know what it is. So he sets things up to make us to demand more from you. Have you ever felt like God is just demanding more from you? You're in the right place. The Bible says, and it's a fun story in 1 Kings 17. You can read all of it like on your own time. But he's talking to Elijah and he says, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. This is what God said to the prophet Elijah. Here's the thing. I don't know if he said that to the woman, to the widow, because I don't think she got the news because Elijah goes to Sidon and he's at the city gates and he sees a widow that's gathering sticks. She's not a wealthy at all. She's not a wealthy widow at all. So she's gathering sticks and he asked her, said, hey, can I get some water? Mind you, it's a drought. And so she, okay, that's a lot. So she goes to get the water, which is already a lot. And then he said, oh, on your way, can you also bake me some cake? Now she's like, oh, heck no. Like, what is going on? You already asked me for a lot. Now you're asking me for more. Doesn't that sound like God sometimes? And so she says this in verse 12. Says, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Dramatic, but truth. Why would God ask that of the widow? To give and to give of like her last? Have you ever felt as if God is asking you like big things? If you haven't heard it, I'm telling you, you're going to hear it today. He's always asking us that. And listen, it's not to expose us. It's not to hurt us. Not at all. It's a setup to bless us. It's always a setup to bless us, to let her know that that little that you have is more than enough. That little time that you have is more than enough. Your talents that you feel are just a little talents. No, it's more than enough. It's always more than enough. That little jar, she was able, because she obeyed the voice of God, she was able to make that cake, able to provide herself throughout the drought. Come on now. You're little if you're feeling as if you lack something, and that's why you can't give unto God. That's why you can't live this extravagant generosity worship unto God. I'm here to tell you, to remind you that your little is more than enough. That alabaster jar, it was a little jar, but it had fragrant oil that when it broke open, it changed the whole atmosphere. It's more than enough. Remember that boy, that boy, the little boy that had lunch, five loaves and two fish. It was more than enough. In the hands of God, he was able to feed 5,000 people. What are you calling little? You think God's not going to notice. 
There's a wonderful story about a widow that was giving her two mites, two copper coins. And God sees all these different people, and he notices this person giving her her last. And he celebrates her. Remember what you have is not too little. You have more than enough to make a difference. And the last thing is give a little extra. Give a little extra. You know, the woman knew that Jesus um, was at the Pharisee's home. And so the Bible says that when she saw him, she worshiped him. She was washing his feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair and kissing his feet and breaking her alabaster jar full of expensive perfume on him. She saw Jesus and that, it was almost like a visceral reaction. Mind you, she goes into a Pharisee's home. She's a sinful woman or was a sinful woman, goes into a Pharisee's home. She didn't care who was there. She wasn't there for them. She was there for her Jesus. Can you imagine if you saw Jesus? Like, what would you do? Do y'all remember that song, My Mercy Me? I can only imagine. Some of you might, some might. If go home and sing, you're just going to cry and boo-hoo. Even the manliest of man, like, you're going to cry. He's at, I'm telling you. But surrounded by your glory. I'm going to sing it. What will my heart feel? Will I for you, Jesus? Or in all of you to be sealed? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. Yeah. Y'all didn't know I can blow like that, did ya? You didn't know. We don't have to imagine. We don't have to imagine. The Bible actually says in Matthew 25, verse 37, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. We're all made in the image of God. We're all made in the image of God. We can't say that we love God, that we worship him and not love his people. Your spouse carries the image of God. Your child carries the image of God. Your sibling carries the image of God. Your coworker carries the image of God. The person at Target carries the image of God. The homeless person in the corner, they carry the image of God. And if we really love the Lord, we will serve those that carry the image of God. 
I'm, I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. A song comes out and I mean, I'm boohooing. Sometimes I have to really try to get myself together when I'm on here, try to speak to you or do something because a song comes on and I am on my knees. Overcome by just how good he's been. Overwhelmed by how good he is. So sometimes the worship, I can't sit still. My hands are up. I'm like dancing. I'm screaming. I'm excited. I'm shouting. I'm on my knees crying. I just, I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful for all that he's done in my life. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love worshiping him. But a way that I worship him is also how I love and how I serve others in my life. Some of us, you're just like me. A song comes on, you're boohooing, like you're elbowing people by accident, like during worship. But how are you with your spouse? Sometimes I'm like, I'll sing, and I feel like the Lord is saying, serve your husband. I just did. Serve him again. He needs to be serving me. So I didn't ask you that. How much do you love me? What's so precious to you? A lot of us, we think our time is most precious. Our finances are so precious. So we're not willing to break it and serve God. What's in your alabaster box? Is God worthy of it? Break it. Use it to worship him. And that looks like, of course, serving in the house. That looks like tithing. It does include that. It really does. But not just that. It looks like being generous to those in your home. It looks like giving a compliment to someone and then another compliment to another people. Like, I'm nice to all these people. People are nice to me. I bought the pastor something. The pastor didn't buy something for me. Like, that's not the attitude that we should get. You know, so funny. The other day, literally last night, I went to Chipotle, y'all. I wanted the message to be organic. <laughs> and it was what I thought it was. And I go in, and there's one person that just looked like, I'm like, your girlfriend just broke up with you. Homie got a lot going on. Just kind of stingy with it. And there was another person that just caught my attention immediately. He was giving big scoops, just giving everyone extra. He didn't have to be prompted or anything like that. Just giving extra big scoops to everyone. Can we give big scoops? Can we be a church? Can we be a people that give extra without being prompted? That we don't feel like someone is twisting our necks or anything like that. Like, you should do this, you should do this. No, I want to. In view of God's goodness and in view of God's mercy, I want to. This is my reasonable act of worship. I want to spend a little extra time in prayer. I want to spend a little extra time worshiping. I want to spend a little bit more time even in the dream team serving people. I want to. Can we be a people that just give a little extra? Why? Because we remember who we were. We were sinners, everybody, saved by the goodness of God. And in whatever situation, we have more than enough. You can't say you don't have enough time. You do. Here's the thing. Your extra looks a little different than my extra. I'm not going to tell you what your extra is, but I am going to tell you to ask God what that is. Let's worship. He's worthy of it, everybody. Is he worthy? If you think he is, then there's a proper response. Bow your heads, let's pray.
Father, we love you so much. God, I thank you for everyone underneath the sound of my voice at every campus and those watching online. Spirit of God, I ask that you move. Bring conviction where conviction is needed. Bring encouragement where encouragement is needed. Give us wisdom to, to see where we can give a little extra. Maybe it's in our homes. Maybe it's in our jobs. Maybe it's just time spent with you, God. Give us a want-to attitude, not a have-to attitude, oh God. Put in us an appetite for the right things, oh Father. God, I'm praying for a group of people now that they're in this room. And to be honest, they know that they don't have a relationship with you. Right now, if you're in the room and you just want to get right, you know that you just don't have a relationship with God. Giving extra, it starts first by receiving. You can't give extra what you don't have already put inside of you. And God wants to give you forgiveness. God wants to give you strength. God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you purpose right now. He wants to give you joy right now. It's a beautiful exchange. Your guilt for no condemnation. That's what happens when we decide to have a relationship with God. Maybe you feel so connected to your past. Hey, if that's you, you've come to the right place. That's why we have this service. All of this, all of the music, all of the message, the words is for this very moment right here. If you're wanting a relationship with God, it'll be my honor, my absolute privilege. I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come up front, but where you are, just repeat this prayer after me. Out of encouragement, church, let's all repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I ask that you step into my life. God, lead me and I'll follow you. God, thank you that I'm no longer a sinner. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap? Come on, he's worthy.